0: and welcome to Shout for Libraries, the program where we give you a look into the debates, controversies, and hot gossip going on in the world of library and information studies.
1: This month you're invited to our annual Glamorous Arts and Culture Review. The team here at Shout has collected their favorite media that they experienced this year and it's all available at your local library. No need to purchase or stretch that holiday budget.
2: This year we realized that many of us had been missing something, that je ne sais quoi, the workplace holiday party.
3: Woo! This will be way better though. You don't have to listen to Terry from middle management make off color jokes and pretend to laugh because professional etiquette only goes one way apparently. So please fix yourself a
4: festive libation, put on a festive ugly sweater or festive ugly cocktail dress while we cue the mild hubbub of background chatter and the gossamer tinkling of wine glasses. And give you our roundup of our favorite media this year.
0: So I guess I'll start us off. Uh, during the goat rodeo that was the end of my semester, I jumped back into a long awaited return to the fantasy genre, which I had avoided for many years because authors did not know how to end a series apparently. And I was eternally waiting for another book, no matter what series I jumped onto. So I left all that behind in adolescence and uh, stopped reading fantasy for a long, long, long time. And uh, just recently in a bid uh, to escape from the drudgery of my semester's work, I started reading uh, Iron Widow by Shiran J. Rao, which is, I think the elevator pitch is the Empress Dowager pilots the robots from Pacific Rim and uh, kills the patriarchy, which is like, you know, pretty accurate, actually. And I found myself really uh, quite taken with the idea of reading for pleasure again. And it was it was just like a, a real. Uh, I had a really interesting experience reading it because I guess, I, and I'd be curious to know y'all's thoughts on this, but uh, I feel like the YA genre has really taken a turn maybe since I was one of the youths. Um, and it got a lot darker than I remember it being in a, a, a great way. Like it was really impressive to read. Um, but I definitely... I'm curious if this is the norm now that the protagonist will just be so like, honestly, delightfully willing to follow her own moral code. and it's not one that resembles what you typically find and kind of, I don't know, feel goody, uh, good versus evil binary YA that I have been familiar with in the past. Um, And so that started me on a kick uh, of basically Sino-Diasporic genre fiction in general. Um, Turns out there have been a bunch of series published and finished, I might like to say, uh, within the past like two years. um, Some of which have won the World Fantasy Award. So we've got the Green Bone Saga by Fonda Lee which I just finished the first one of, uh, Jade Legacy. And that was really great. It's kind of a gangster meets wuxia genre, kung fu flick thing. Um, That might be another elevator pitch would be kind of like if The Last Airbender got uh, dark and gritty, but not in a bad way. And an actually like pretty cool 90s Hong Kong action film kind of way Mm -hmm. Um, or contemporary Hong Kong gangster movie kind of way. If Scorsese did Avatar the Last Airbender, maybe. Anyways, uh, great, really good, pulpy, Um, surprising, well written, maybe a little heavy on the info dump at the beginning. Um, And then I just started The Poppy War by R.F. Quang, uh, which is in some ways actually kind of structurally similar to The uh, Iron Widow, but taking its cues from different, different genres. Um, so you've got, and this is kind of one of those things where I'm curious where the line between YA and full on like on any other genre fiction happens now. Cause I was reading the Trickster trilogy by Eden Robinson last year. And that I felt was as a complex as basically anything that I've read that's marketed by publishers towards adults. Um, and then with RF Quang, I can see I don't know that it's actually darker than Iron Widow, but one gets marketed as YA and one doesn't. Uh, I, I would say maybe the, the internal monologue of the character is a little richer in the Poppy War so far, but that's really the only difference. And only if I like really squint my eyes, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been reading recently. How about anyone else?
2: Yeah, I don't know what the Zoomers are reading.
0: I don't want to. I feel know. like
1: YA why, why fiction has come a long way uh, from like the warrior cat series. <laughs> you know, like the used to that <laughs> I used to read when I was when I was in that category.
3: I just reread a series I read in like high school, The Garth Nix of Horsem trilogy. And that's a pretty dark one. There's like necromancers and, and like a preoccupation with the afterlife. That's really cool.
0: Is that, that's the author of Sabriel, right?
3: Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's like Sabriel, Liriel, Abhorsen are the three books. And then there's like Beyond the Wall, I think is an additional one. And then there's something else that, oh, Clariel is also another one, but I haven't read that one yet.
0: Well, maybe I'll have to check it out.
3: Those are really good. Yeah, I have them all, so.
4: For me, this was a really remarkable year uh, because I ventured back into the library for the first time since uh, you know the beginning of COVID. I used to go to the library all the time. Uh, a lot of my borrowing habits were uh, films and music and, of course, books as well. Um, I'm really into self-help. Books and nonfiction. I'm not going to talk about what self-help books I'm reading now because I don't want listeners to think I'm completely dysfunctional, and make any or make any assumptions uh, <laughs> about what why I may be reading those particular titles. But there's a lot of really uh, really great uh, self-help books available at your local library on a variety of different uh, different topics. Uh, a lot of my reading this for the last while has been course related because of course, being an MLIS student, uh, we're always delving into different topics and different books and different class projects that require uh, taking a look at uh, what's available in the library. So uh, one thing that uh, I was looking at quite a bit was uh, social justice books for young children. Uh, doing a reader's advisory assignment on that and uh, although it wasn't required I decided to uh, borrow the the books that I was writing about uh, or or listing in my reader's advisory and I was uh, really amazed by how many social books about racial and environmental uh, and indigenous rights and reconciliation have been published mostly within the last five years. I was basing my my list off of the, the book, uh, A is for Activist by Innocento Nagara, which was published in 2012, which is actually, I mean, that's almost 10 years ago. I didn't even realize it's been that long. Uh, and then when I was taking a look at, I needed to find like 10 other, 10 related titles. They were all published like since, I think the oldest one was like 2017. But most of them, even more recent than that, uh, like between 2019 and 2021. So uh, one of the standouts for me was We Are Water Protectors, which was by Carol Lindstrom. And uh, that was a a Caldecott medal winner for 2021. Uh, the artwork is amazing by Michaela Gode uh, and uh, the, the words are just incredibly poetic and really like age appropriate, but not diminishing at all the the, the cause of, of, you know, working and fighting for clean water. And a lot of the cultural elements are, are really, really beautiful. Uh, the book features a little girl who kind of becomes an activist. And at that, you know, transitional moment when she's going to become a water protector, she suddenly she's wearing the, a ribbon skirt. And just little things like that, that just really pop visually, and uh, I I definitely, if I had small children in my life, that would be a book that I would be uh, presenting to them. Another uh, book that I'm reading right now is is Algorithms of Oppression by Safiya Umoja Noble because a number of uh, AI came up a number of times in, in my classes, including uh, you know, doing a project uh, on that as well as you know, learning to do effective Google searches, but also realizing how searching online can sometimes limit us into uh, filter bubbles and how search engines can lead us to uh, biased results. And uh, this book is really groundbreaking in showing how Google was showing, you know, if you searched a particular term relating to black women and a certain term relating to white women, the results you get were completely different and really, really negative and, and, and racist with regard to uh, searching for a uh, Information about uh, black or BIPOC people, and then that same set of search criteria for white people. Uh, you get your your smiling middle class, you know, white people. And information literacy and, and media literacy is so important, especially now with uh, social media being having the influence that it has, and uh, all of the misinformation going around and you know, as well as the need to work for for racial justice and reconciliation and and all of those things. So I am I've not finished the book yet, but I already would highly recommend it. And finally, um, music has always been a major reason that I would go to the library. Even as a child, I would That would be like my big Sunday outing. We'd go to the library and I would come home with this big stack of vinyl records. Yes, I am showing my age. And now um, a recent album that I heard that I just checked and is available at the local library uh, is Raise the Roof by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. So it's kind of, you get the fusion of like country music and classic rock and their voices just, meld together so well and the musical styles just go together so well this isn't their first recording together but it is the best one so far so I'd say if you're into that particular kind of thing definitely check it out
0: Very cool. Have you come across Invisible Woman Data Bias in a World Designed for Men by Carolyn Criado-Perez?
4: I have not, but that sounds absolutely fascinating.
0: It's pretty great, and I think very uh, complementary to Dr. Noble's work, who actually spoke at EPL a couple of years ago. But whereas Dr. Noble goes into uh, the algorithmic bias, Uh, Criado Perez's work is about like the classic garbage in, garbage out, where even if you have a a great algorithm that isn't a black box, uh, if you feed it biased information, I think one of the main examples she uses is medical information being based on uh, baseline white male anatomy rather than any other people's bodies and that's led to different outcomes within uh, medical research.
4: Yeah, that definitely sounds like it is worth checking out.
2: Yeah, I have another recommendation along those lines, which is um, Catherine DiGnazio and Lauren F. Klein's Data Feminism, um, which sort of applies specifically a feminist lens to looking at the ways that uh, data can be made to sort of lie essentially. Um, to not tell the whole truth, um, and ways that we can sort of seize control again of the data and its representation and the types of data to collect it and the way they're used. Very cool. So this this year has been for me the year of Clarice Lispector, whose um, works I had, I had read The Hour of the Star a few years ago. It's one of her better known works, but I didn't find it a good introduction. Maybe I just wasn't ready for it. At the time, but her prose has the quality of an incantation. It's um, very difficult to describe. I read her short stories um, this year, her collected short stories, which were, I believe, just translated into English in 2015. I should say she is a uh, Brazilian writer originally from Ukraine. Um, how to describe? Just very good. If you want to like seize the, it, it, if you want to seize the yolk of life, <laughs> the uh, the runny egg yolk, um, nutrient rich taste
0: of butter, if you will.
2: Yeah. Or, I would say her work exists in the space between dreams and the most mundane aspects of everyday life. Um, my second recommendation is repetition of my recommendation, a reiteration from last year. Um, Last year, I talked about reading Elena Ferrante's Neapolitan novels. I recommend those again. I only just finished them this year, but I was already so taken with them that I recommended them when I was halfway through the series. Um, Very good. (laughs) That's all I have to say about anything I like, good. Um, Right now I'm reading um, her most recent work, The Lying Life of Adults. Um, It's good to re-enter into her, her Naples. Elena Ferrante's in Naples. So this follows um, sort of the coming of age of a young woman um, in Naples, as I said, um, who's sort of torn between the working class roots of her uh, family and um, the uh, success of her father uh, who has broken away from those roots. Um, and she's rediscovering like where she came from and sort of like yeah, delving into the gritty sort of subterranean Naples. Uh, for music, I have a music recommendation as well, which is um, Dry Cleanings album, New Long Leg. Now, I think 2021 was the year of spoken word vocals because this was sort of a post-punk album with spoken word vo- vocals. You might draw influence from or draw a line to influences like the fall, very clever observational lyrics, um, again, in spoken word style over sort of meandering, somewhat noisy, post-punk backing. And I recommend it. It's great for walking around and feeling sort of aloof and superior, if you're into
3: that. that one song by The Fall, "Hit the North," that, that I just played like over and over last year. The Fall, Marky
2: Smith died a couple of years ago. He was a very morally questionable individual, but
3: oh, was he? I don't really know a lot about him, but just their their style was so interesting and like for
2: sure, yeah. So if you like her, for... yeah, if you like The Fall, for sure, give this a listen. There's a whole resurgent yeah. uh, British or even UK post-punk scene and that this is part of it i would also check out um black country new road
3: cool nice i have some music recommendations um i got into like a point where i was a little lazy to try and find my own music that i would enjoy so i found out about um saint vincent has a podcast called saint vincent's mixtape delivery service And it's done like podcast style, where she'll have a caller call in and just talk about their life. And then she'll recommend tracks based on their conversation. But then she also compiles that into just like mixtape delivery service as like just the songs. And um, it's just a really great mix of tracks from a really great musician. So I've listened to a lot of those. I think there's like over 70 episodes up right now on various platforms. So. Um, Yeah, that was a pretty fun one. And uh, I did a lot of like lighthearted listening this past year. Uh, There was a podcast I started listening to at the start of the pandemic called Bananas. And it's just like a news podcast where they recap really goofy news that are happening all over the world. Um, So just like things like Uh, scientists create a daddy short leg spider and like goofy stuff like that it's uh done by the comedians kurt braunler and scotty landis out of the states so i would yeah recommend that one and uh as far as books uh there was one that really stuck with me a friend gave it to me for my birthday last year called Blue Way uh, by Maggie Nelson. And it's um it's kind of like another one of those hard to pin down books, I think, because it's part autobiographical, but it's also this like stream of consciousness, kind of poetic rumination on uh, Maggie Nelson talks about it as like her love affair with the color blue. So she's always finding these objects that are blue and kind of like being really preoccupied by them, but through that she explores like themes of loneliness and like lost love and things like that. So that was a really beautiful book. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that sounds somewhat similar in form to Agua Viva, which is the Clarice Lispector sort of yeah. novel that I mentioned. It's very yeah, free it kind of that autobiographical semi mm-hmm. autobi. Well, it's hard to say. Um it seems I mean that's my reading um mm-hmm. but yeah very free form and like
3: yes <laughs> Dream, yeah like maybe yeah i i had to write that one down because it definitely sounds like a lot of stuff that i read so yeah good
1: one All Right. well i've got some recommendations as well the, my main recommendation is actually it's um it's steven universe it's actually pretty it's a pretty popular uh tv show on cartoon network um uh, it was created by rebecca sugar and um they're like, the, the episodes are only 11 minutes, but I started, I kind of watched it haphazardly over the years, but um, I really sat down and watched all five seasons, plus the movie, plus the season after the movie uh, this year. And um, it's basically, for anybody who doesn't know, it's, it's about this boy named Steven, who's 14 years old, and he's half human, half gem. And gems are these like this alien race, um, which are um, made out of actual gems, but they take on humanoid forms and they're all sexless, genderless, but they are uh, presented as female um, and they use um, female pronouns. but I love the show because I mean it's 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 branded as a as a kids show, but I would I would say that it's more of an all ages kind of show. And um, the overarching plot is just so well thought out throughout the seasons in the movie. Um, but because the plot is so long, um, they really use emotion and relationships in the episodes to drive the characters rather than you know smaller. Cheesy plot lines, um, just things that I've never seen really dealt with in in children's, I guess, uh, cartoons. Um, they deal with things like intrusive thoughts, uh, the ever changing nature of grief, PTSD, longing. Um, they also deal with love in a way that explains that is not easy and requires a lot of time and requires a lot of work. Um, it's not just this inherent thing that we all have, and it's you know easy to express. Um, so, yeah, it really it it spoke to me a lot in a year where we're sort of like well, COVID was still you know around at the beginning of the year, and when the vaccine rollout was happening, and um, when in a time where I felt like very discouraged and uh, down about how like the mixed reactions to vaccine rollout. And um, yeah, because on the show, they practice like really radical kindness, even if all the characters are flawed in their own way. So really appreciated that about the show. Um, and then the other recommendation I had is something I'm currently reading, which kind of circles back to what Dan was talking about is um, I'm reading this, this, uh, this book called Tigana uh, by um, Guy Gabriel Kay. Which is um, which I would recommend, Dan, if you haven't read it, because it's a standalone. It's a huge, <laughs> and it's about six hundred and seventy-three pages, but you don't have to wait for <laughs> another installment, which is nice. Um, but it's this this beautiful high fantasy book um, about this uh, nation that um, has been cursed by a sorcerer. Uh, it's, it's not really a spoiler. It, it, it says it on the back of the book. But they, uh, he cursed them after, uh, during this, this war where the sorcerer was trying to take over their land and he cursed the, the land so that nobody other than the people who live there can remember their name. So nobody remembers that this, this place existed. Nobody can remember the names of the people that live there. So it's like Tigana never existed. Um, and it's about this, this group of people that are trying to now overthrow the sorcerer in order to, re- to retake their names back. And it's really beautiful. He, the, the author has a really great way of, uh, of building anticipation. He does this beautiful, frustrating thing where he'll set up a scene, but then you don't get to the, the crux of the scene for two and a half pages. It's, it's really intense, but it's a, it's been a really great read so far. And it was, you know, a nice read to, to start after, you know, finishing all the coursework.
0: I'll have to check it out because the Fiona Var tapestry was actually that was extremely, I guess we can't swear on the radio. I was very into it. uh, When I was younger, that was that was that was my trilogy for sure. Um, So I'll definitely check that out. What you're talking about with Steven Universe, actually kind of reminds me too. of Yeah, that blurred line, that introduction of emotional complexity into more and more children's media where even if you're not portraying like traditionally mature content, sex and violence, which is rarely, if ever, portrayed maturely in most mm-hmm. popular media, you still get that maturity of relationships. Like Sapphire's whole deal with uh, who's the gem she's introduced with, and they're like borderline Sapphire relationship. Uh, no, not Sapphire. Uh, Garnet. No, the uh, she's blue. She has wings. Lapis. Lapis. <laughs> Lapis. Whole deal with uh, with the gem that she gets like trapped at the bottom of the ocean with, and like Joshua. that as a metaphor for abusive relationships. I found extremely compelling. And then uh, even just the relationship between Lars and Sadie, which is abusive, but like is definitely yeah. Uh, like I don't know very complex very complex especially at the beginning <laughs> but awesome thanks everyone for the recommendations now I've got a whole bunch of things to tuck in with over the winter break and hopefully our listeners do too I wish everyone happy holidays and from all of us here at Shout we'll see you next month and check out our season next year we're gonna we've got some pretty sweet episodes uh in the in the pipeline for you and until then we are shout for libraries and check 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 it out out.
3: yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) on this episode of shout for libraries you heard from dan hackborn maya trotter paula kerman alessa karmanitska and me timothy arthur Music on this episode was Can't Let Go by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss and Unsmart Lady by Dry Cleaning. Our theme music is Beanbag Fight by Scanglobe. Thanks for
3: listening.